Okay, so if you guys want to tune into the stream, it's uh, arcaderadio.live, and you can uh, see what the chatters are saying. We're getting a lot of background noise, Brian. I'm wondering if you're actually... Turn that guy down. I'm gonna mute while I'm up. All right, combo breaker. All right, man. Sweet. So this is the pre-show part of the show where we just kind of goof around and make sure that we've got people popping into the chat. Everything looks good on my end. I can see everybody in in the uh, windows. So that's good. Mister Peabody, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. And to the three other listeners, feel free to pop into the chat. We'd love to see you there. Four. All right, I have a warm-up question, so we can just kind of shoot the breeze while we're waiting for chatters to join in. Uh, here it goes. Your favorite game of 1985, and it doesn't have to be released in 85. Uh, just try to go back to 85 and think of your time in the arcade there. Were you at Aladdin's Castle? Were you at Timeout? Where were you at? Where were you? Were you at Chuck E. Cheese? And... Uh, it, what what game was your favorite game? Do you think in about eighty five? Uh, uh, Troy, I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you, buddy. Uh, I would have to say Gauntlet. Gauntlet. All right. I played, I played that, that a ton. ton. You, you spoke to two places, places that I played, played all the time: with Aladdin's Castle and Chuck E. Cheese. Where and where was that? In, uh, in Burnsville Center. Center. Dude, I was in Burnsville. I was at Burnsville. We were, yeah, in, we were probably a lot of there. Time I, we probably were hanging out together, together bro. No, we were probably there at the same time. Remember, in the corner, I don't know if you remember, but oh, uh, there was two memories I have. I think 86 or 87, they, they came out after Burner. And that was the environment cabinet. There was a line out yep, the yep. door for that that day. Uh, like, of servicemen. They wanted to play that thing. So, like, the Air Force was there, ready to play. Uh, play. After Burner. And then around yep, the corner yep. to the right, there was an APB in the corner. And, uh... That's what inspired me to get an APB in my my arcade. So I have an APB fully restored nice. in the basement. So nice. uh, my favorite or game in '85 probably. I don't know, man. It wasn't Dragon's Lair. I hate Dragon's Lair. Brian, did you have one? Uh, I, you, you know, know what? what? Not, Not to, to copy, copy what's been said, said but hundred uh, percent gauntlet. gauntlet. Really? Um, in fact, yeah. yeah. I, so, so we used to. to <laughs> we, didn't we didn't actually get, get to the arcade too much, much growing up. And, and what my buddy and I used to do is when we were up skiing, we'd sneak off the slopes into the arcade at Lodge. And we would just plug Gauntlet lit with quarters like there was no tomorrow. So it was Gauntlet, Mario Brothers, and uh, God, actually those were the two games up there that we played all the time. Uh, and I mean, I, that game, I just I have, actually we have two of them. We just took one over to 2DCon. Sweet. A Gauntlet? Yeah. Oh, cool, man! Oh, that's awesome, dude. I gotta. We'll wait for the two D con stuff because it's coming up. Um, yeah, sweet. Okay, cool. Uh, Tim, you can you think back to eighty five? Were you were you just playing Nibbler still like the whole time? <laughs> no, I was over it by then. That was already gone. Um, in my area where I lived, you know, small southeast Iowa, arcades were dead. They were gone. There weren't any. So I was at home playing the ColecoVision. And oh, I was vegging sweet. out, I, I believe, on Donkey Kong Jr. and Burger Time probably the most at that point. A little bit of Ladybug. You got to get yourself one of these. 
Atari Max <laughs> Ultimate. Yeah. Nice. I have the Atari Max Ultimate SD ColecoVision cartridge. And that nice. thing it has every ROM you could possibly have on the ColecoVision, including Smurf, one of the worst games and best games ever made for the ColecoVision. Got a lot of good memories of that system. It's a great system. So, so much to be a. Randy Gelking just chimed in that Gauntlet is the definitive 1985 game. So I, I think we're backing him up on that. I think Two out of four. Hey, Randy, welcome back to the show, too. <laughs> it's good to, good to see you in the chat. Um, well, what do you got? You know, we should probably just get this thing rolling. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. All right, let's do I'm that. Up for it. Sounds good. All right. Uh, here we go. Minnesota. This is Arcade Radio. Hello, Commander. Computer Season 3, Episode 23 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, August 22nd, 2019, and the time is now approximately 7.23 p.m. Central. And in a historic Arcade Radio moment, our co-host and buddy, Mark Shields, is unable to be here tonight. Something about a time circuit problem and a DeLorean, but uh, have no fear, because tonight I'm joined by my co-host, game surgeon and inventor, co-proprietor of the Paradise Arcade Shop and toy hauler to the stars, Mr. Brian McLeod, Armitage, Thurston, Howell, the third, dot com, and filling in for Mark Shields, legendary snake tamer and PC gamer, no, not that, Tim McVeigh. Oh, and by the way, tonight we have with us the president of Extra Life's Minneapolis Guild, PC gamer, and old school arcader, Mr. Troy Cleland. Welcome to the show. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. We're going to have a good time tonight. So the first topic is, what have you been up to? What you been working on? So, uh, Brian, why don't we kick it off with you? Since uh, the last time I talked to you, like 10 minutes ago, you were pretty busy. Uh, go ahead. Well, let's see. So um, we've been uh, we made the commitment to 2D Con to try to get 40 to 50 games over there, and so we spent the last two weeks uh, really pounding out, getting games working. The guys in the shop have been actually doing an amazing job at pulling stuff out and getting it going. And uh, we just dropped off a load of about 21 or 22 games over there, and they're actually behind me loading up another group of games. I'm surprised they're not tackling me and taking me over there. Uh, <laughs> But the big announcement is at 3 a.m. last night, we finally, after months of struggling with this game, got the sound for Exterminator to work fully. And so we now have a fully working Exterminator cabinet. All right. Um, and if it stops working, it's going in the burn pile. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I do I do think we need to hear a little bit about how the sound problem got fixed because this has been ailing you for not just a couple of days. Oh, oh. So we got this. So I bought this game from an auction and I won't say I know who the original owner was and I've been communicating with that person and it's been actually kind of funny. They're sending me things like ha ha ha. Which is oh, actually kind of what, amusing. What a, kind of a dick move, well, actually. Well, no, 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 because I don't, I don't think they actually worked on it. So they okay. had somebody work on it for them, and sure. So we got this thing in. The sound didn't work. We hooked it up, and it, all the board. We finally got the twelve volts going, and all the boards blew up. I mean, literally every board went. Dead. That's not good. No. So then I find out that P- Pinball Resource has original exterminator boards, hmm. and so. I buy the original board set minus the soundboard. We repopulate everything, get everything going, except there's no sound. And there's four test uh, test sections for the sound. And basically over the last two weeks, we keep adding another section every two to three days. We're like, okay, we've got this fixed, and like another sound comes back. Hmm. Well, there's this auxiliary board that <laughs> has Yamaha on it, and one of the sound tests is the Yamaha sound test. So we keep running this, and the Yamaha sound test is working. Little do we know that the Yamaha board is not the Yamaha sound test. <laughs> oh. And we thought we were getting that working. We were doing all our testing for that. That's not that's. We assume that was working. We're testing other parts of the board anyways. Long story short, that board was hooked up backwards. We turn it around, repopulate the whole board, still getting the scratchy sound, finally replace the ribbon cable, and... Voila! Are you kidding me? So now you have. T- so now you know that your soundboard is good. Uh, everything is good now because we literally have like gone through and replaced almost everything in the cabinet. And it was funny because we're going through. Uh, Billy Sevens came by last night and was here till three a.m. working with me. By the way, okay, bravo to Billy Seven and anyone who's been on uh, listening to the whole season. Billy was an uh, our guest a few episodes back. Uh, did the whole Moldorama thing. Uh, Mike Page. Uh, and a and a couple other guests received uh, prizes from from him, so that's pretty cool. Um, like, <laughs> so, but uh, Billy is like, there you go. There's there's a Moldorama Frankenstein, super rare, by the way. If you can get one of those, that is a super rare mold right there. Uh, anyway, uh, that's really so cool. He, he was here till three a.m. and uh, For I mean, crying we just, out loud. Uh, it was. Unbelievable. We finally got it. I mean, it was like one of those nights where every half hour we get a little bit of progress. Wow. And um, and, and, and then you're like, okay, we're going to go to sleep. Wait a minute. We just got this other thing. And it just dragged out. Oh, <laughs> the man. funny thing was is when it's all said and done, you know, he's looking at it and he was asking me like, did you – well, halfway through he's going, well, what about this chip? I'm like, well, we're down to the point where we've replaced all but like three chips on the soundboard. So um, – <laughs> But it's done. It's great. It's working. Um, it's a blast, and uh, we're getting it over to 2DCon. So 2DCon is going to have Exterminator and War of the Worlds, which will be two pretty rare games to have out on the floor. Sweet. Uh, and, and tell us how many games you've loaded onto the floor tonight and again. 22 so far, and then literally they have another eight games over on the uh, loading dock over there ready to go, and we'll probably take another... 10, 15 games out of here, and then I got to load another 10 to 15 up at the house tonight. Christ. I mean, cripes. So that's really cool. Uh, 
yeah, man, I was waiting to hear about that exterminator thing. So I'm totally jazzed that you got that work. I'm going to try it out tomorrow. It'll be fun. And by the way, uh, we'll get into the news here in a little bit. Uh, I hope you have uh, more news articles than I have, Brian, because uh, there's only well, one in my, my shoot. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, Millipede. Uh, I got this game last uh, fall with Brian. We bought a bunch of games. Um, and one of them was uh, Journey, which I kind of put on a hiatus last August. Holy crap, what was that? Uh, and, and then, uh, and I'm obvious. Actually, I'm picking that up right now too. So there's a Easter egg here. Uh, so anyway, getting Millipede ready for 2D Con, and I had some major issues. The game board was resetting. The bugs were going down on the left side only in a single column, not being randomized. No mushrooms. Dirty as sin, no illumination, all kinds of problems. And I ended up uh, uh, fixing all of it uh, just by cleaning it up, cleaning the boards, getting rid of the filter board, uh, and then and, and then plugging everything back in, and the game played great. Also, I put in a multipede kit from uh, High Score Saves, which nice. is the original Braze kit, which is nice because now I can play both Centipede and Millipede in the same game. Um, but when I went to go work on the illumination, that was a little bit of a crappy thing because there was a mouse nest. And if you guys know anything about mouses, mices, mices to pieces, uh, <laughs> they, uh, they love to shit and piss where they live, which sucks for, uh, arcade games. Luckily it was in the, uh, in the, uh, in the light box where the uh, the fluorescent tube was. So when I pulled that thing, I was like, oh, I just got to change the starter and everything's going to work. But no, um, somebody had pulled the starter and thrown it on the bottom and the whole thing was been peed on. So I had to rip this piece of wood out, uh, cut a new piece of wood, uh, and then uh, clean up all the, the metals with like a vapor rust and uh, just I, I put in a lot. A lot of time to get this thing back uh, to working, and then the freaking ballast was buzzing like crazy. And with a little help from Brian, actually, uh, I ended up and uh, Alan Estenson, I ended up going to my local Ace Hardware and finding the exact part that I needed to replace to get the buzzing to go away. So that thing is mint and ready to go for 2D Con. And I'm going to put a link into the chat, you guys, if you want to look at some pictures. Uh, they're there. Um, it's just, it was just crazy. I had a big two weeks here. Uh, journey has been repainted. There's some bonus pictures along with those millipede ones of the, of the paint job. And it's unbelievable. It's like a bass boat. It's, you know, that fleck that, uh, sort of, uh, I don't know how to exp- it's like a sparkly fleck paint that they put on boats back in the day. Look, it's just freaking cool. Um, so that's really awesome, uh, and then uh, what else? I got a I got a D- oh I got a DK Junior bezel and a marquee to replace my blemished and cracked ones. I don't have those here. I'm probably gonna show those on um, Con Club later. And then I got a couple of cool, uh, crazy Kong pieces. I'm kind of a Donkey Kong like I like I like all the crappy uh, knockoff stuff. So here is here is a. Cr- <laughs> This is a new old stock uh, Crazy Kong control panel overlay. Uh, as you can see, they're ripping off Donkey Kong with awful pictures. And then, uh, and here's here's the marquee 
which is clearly drawn by like someone's eight-year-old son and then freaking silk screened right so they this was in an actual arcade game so i got that uh and then the other cool thing was i i talked about it on the last show i think i got this mr video board uh and i got my security monitors in the mail and the cool thing is i put these security monitors on top of my donkey kong or one of them and hooked up mr video with an s video cable and now i get like uh it's like back in the day remember you guys remember those dragon's layer machines with the uh the demo monitors on top so you could see what people are playing my D, my yeah. dk my dk does that now it's super cool so i'll put that in the chat as well um that is this link uh here you go so uh it, check that out it's pretty cool uh the only and the other things i'm working on my defender replacing all the sockets on the ROM board uh new interconnect cable uh and trying to get some nv ram working and working on my power supply so that i've been working on a lot of arcade stuff lately i'm pretty proud of myself actually if i do say so myself (laughs) (laughs) so uh anyway uh let's get on to our guest uh troy tell us uh what you've been working on this week it's maybe video game arcade related etc etc um i am actually trying i'm going to get back into getting my uh, raspberry pi uh back up and running with um some roms 3b plus a, or um uh i have the second edition i haven't upgraded to the three sweet, sweet. plus yet and the four is on um, now yeah i can't keep up but the four doesn't have a retro pi build so you're fine stick right with, yeah that's what I heard is the the four does not have a Raspberry Pi capable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to make a cabinet um, and uh, taking some uh, examples of my D and D video monitor that I use for doing Dungeons and Dragons mapping. Taking that and making myself a taking that concept and making an actual like a coffee table ish. Oh, cool. Um, Retro Pi. That would be game sweet. System. Uh. Yeah. Oh, cool. There's, by the way, there's tons of like cocktail machines out there. You can, and I think there's plans online too. You can get too. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. So that, yeah, you're working on cool. Re- RetroPie, uh, and then we'll probably get into Extra Life and stuff a little bit later, huh? Yep. Sweet. Exactly. Uh, Tim, what have you been up to? <clears throat> Man, every time I'm on the show, I feel lazy because you guys are way <laughs> overachieving compared to what I'm getting into right now, dude. Dude, uh, like that's an anomaly that I've been doing this much stuff. I mean, like, I get it. Normally, I'm like, oh, uh, I uh, I bought a part for my journey that I haven't touched in a year. <laughs> Sounds like me. That's, that's where I'm going. I've got a stack of old uh, gaming. Well. I'm hoping they're going to be old gaming PCs. A bunch of old computers in the basement, like, I don't know, 17 or 18 of them. Sure. And I, I finally quit procrastinating a little bit last, about a week and a half ago, and I pulled out this really nice, clean Packard Bell that I want to get running. It's a Pentium 100, so, I mean, that tells you how old it is. Sweet. But the uh, the system doesn't want to boot. It's giving me hard drive errors. And I went online, and I started looking around, and I think the simple solution, at least this is the path I'm going to try, I ordered the uh, the DOM uh, disk on a module mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. It plugs right into the IDE and it just replaces the hard drive. And then uh, to replace the floppy drive, I ordered it. It's a USB. It's got a CPU built into it. It's a bay that goes in in place of the floppy drive. 
and it's supposed to emulate a floppy drive to the old system so you can put ROM images off of floppies onto a USB stick and then use that to load them into the system. So I don't know if all this is going to work yet. I've done some reading. I've spent a few bucks. I'm waiting on parts to get here, and that's the path I'm starting down finally, trying to get some of this old stuff running. I want to get an old, just a like legit retro PC, you know, with the old uh, CRT. I've got a couple of them around here. Sweet. I want to get like Diablo 1 on it, you know, oh, yeah, go back yeah. old school. So that's what I'm working on right now. Diablo 1. <laughs> yep. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I want to play it right. I never got to experience it. Um, I was doing consoles and other things at that time, and I totally missed it. And the wife and I, we loved the Diablo 3, and I have went back and I've seen Diablo 2 a little bit. It'll run in Windows 10, but it literally runs. Your character is just running. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this ain't working. So I want to go retro. I've got a bunch of different systems. I'm going to try to get something put together so I can go back and experience Diablo 1 and Diablo 2 the right way. I love Diablo 2. I thought it was fun. That's what I keep hearing. So that's I want to get that experience. I want to yeah. experience that myself. Sweet. Well, I love I love Diablo two. I actually play Path of Exile, which is very much like Diablo two. So sweet. I've got that. Haven't really got into it yet. I've heard it's really fun too. I'm, um, I'm a hoarder. I've got this big backlog, <laughs> nine hundred and some games installed on my PC. So yeah. it's funny you should mention that. I don't have time to play. You should. I was just thinking uh, the other day, Gog had a sale. Uh, games on Gal- uh, Galaxy, <laughs> Galaxy of Games. Uh, I don't need more. Right. Uh, and I have like 95 games on there, uh, which are all like retro from when I was, you know, right. back in my 20s. And I love it because they, you know, they figure it all out. And and, and then in my teens, like even my, te- like my late teens, uh, like this, the uh, Space Quest series with, uh, and so, and King's Quest, and those games all run in DOSBox, and they've got it all configured for you, so you don't have to do anything except load it up. It's super fun. Um, so, I'll go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to say, they're having a sale of like 75% off a lot of the games, so I just bought like another six games for 15 bucks. I'm up to like 97 games. I don't even know what to do. So, I mean, are, is everybody excited about the uh, new Baldur's Gate? Oh. I know I'm. I played a crap ton of that one. I I didn't even know that was coming out. Yeah, they're, they're well. I mean, it's uh, sometime next year probably. But they announced that the new Baldur's Gate, continuing from the Baldur's Gate two, oh. and on. I love it when they do that. They do. They did it like a Starcon reboot and a King's Quest uh, re-skinning yep. and all that stuff. That's super awesome. Well, let's move on to the next section, which I I think we're all ready for. Here we go. The Arcade News with Brian McLeod. Take it, Brian. Welcome. Hey, it is the Arcade News. Welcome. So we have a couple of news articles we're going to go through pretty quickly. And the top one here is you had you saw Billy uh, Sevens jumping in in the background there, getting on me for not packing the truck. But 2D Con starts tomorrow. Um, so uh, Minneapolis Hyatt, downtown Minneapolis, 40 bucks. It's one of the cheapest all-inclusive gaming events you can go to. There is tabletop RPG, uh, speedrunning retro games, retro tournaments. There are street fighting tournaments, street fighter tournaments. Um, pretty much no matter what your gaming style is, what you enjoy doing, there's something for you to do there. So we'd encourage everybody to get down there. 
have some fun with it, enjoy it, and um, say hi to us if you see us there. Sweet. So, are you? Adam's going down. I know he's got to bring his millipede down. We should have had Tim come visit. (laughs) (laughs) That'd been great. I need to get to one of those. That's a good time. There's a lot of things for just about everybody there. So yeah. Are you Are you going to be down there for a little while, or what's? uh... I I have family in town, so I'm I have the weekend booked of all sorts of things, just not gaming related. Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) That's too bad. So uh, the other news, and we will keep it relatively brief tonight, is The Verge is reporting that there are some leaks. We've talked about this before. The Apple Arcade video game subscription service is coming out this fall. But it was rumored that it's going to be $4.99 a month, which is actually less expensive than most of their other services. Um, Kind of an interesting idea. I mean, everything is subscription now, which we've talked about in the past and how they kind of get you on the monthly thing instead of just charging you a one time. But, um, you know, $4.99 a month, depending on what they have on there and what they're doing, actually could be a little bit of fun. Sure. So, and then finally, I know we talked about this briefly, but I don't know if I mentioned my direct experience with it. Hmm. Um, the arcade one-up Star Wars is officially available for pre-sale. Yeah, they, we, did, we did this uh, like a month ago, but go ahead and let's talk about it again. Well, so the interesting thing was, did we talk about the controller on this? I think we did a little bit, but go ahead and elaborate. I know there was a partnership with the guys that are doing the... Uh... No, I don't know that there is. Oh. So that's the interesting thing. So they put the metal controller, and this is why, so I know we talked about this, but the pre-sales now started. That is new. And then the other thing is that the controller on it is actually plastic. Right, right. But it's, it's so, like but, an arcade game? Yeah, but it it's a, in partnership with the company that did the original, the, the, the remake controller, right? I, I don't, I'm not sure that it is. They used the original, they used the remake controller for their demo units. So they had a full-on metal controller for their demo units. But sure. when I was out at uh, Evo, they actually had a plastic-based controller that I played on. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's um, Does but it it's play not, all right? You know, it's, it's so-so. Yeah, that's so, kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, it, well, so, I mean, the funny thing is, is that the whole cabinet's, you know, less expensive, well, about the same price as the actual remade controllers are in the full right. metal, so it's, it's hard to keep the cost down. Um, but, I mean, it does, it actually, with the base on there, they've done a nice job with the artwork, it is a neat-looking machine, but I just, uh, those are the, that's the brief news tonight. <laughs> All right, well, that's that's good. That means we have to move on to a section that is normally helmed by Mr. Mark Shields. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to, to the, the cave, cave with, with Time Runner. Why are you so heavy in that future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? I'm going to hand this over to Tim for the first section. Tim, what are we talking about in Back to the Cade? <clears throat> so back in August of 1985, Electronic Games Magazine, the first dedicated video game magazine published in the United States, published its last issue. Oh, that's, that's sad. kind of sad. Yeah. Um, released in July of 85, Sega's smash hit Hang On had been dominating sales in the arcades for a month. Wow. As this month in 1985, ATI Technologies is founded, originally as Array Technology in North America by Lee Ka Lau, Francis Lau, Benny Lau, 
And I'm not going to try this last <laughs> Kwok Yoon Kwok Ho. Yoon Ho? Uh, I hope, hope I don't offend anybody with those pronunciations. But uh, ATI, uh, some of you listening might know it more as AMD right now. That's where they, they've switched over in graphics. And Troy, you yeah. and, you're a PC gamer. And Tim, you're a PC gamer. Give us a little lowdown on what, that, what the whole industry looked like. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about it. I think it's kind of cool. I I, th- I think for me the think about it is you know they both were against each other a- a- ATI and Nvidia were still a thing back then um, but I think ATI had the video side of things like they their video rendering and, and on card of video codec was better they had true colors and Nvidia at the time was more of the gaming chip per se from my experience. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, NVIDIA, they, they started heading into the SLI territory and pairing up cards, and they really kind of separated from each other at that point. And during that era, I think most of the cards I owned were actually ATI cards. Yeah. Well, they were the affordable, um, and I think it was that was about the time when um, people were uh, looking to do not just gaming but also do video rendering. If you're looking for quality of color, I think ATI had the edge on quality of color. They weren't the fastest gaming card, but... Personally, I think the last thing that I purchased that was ATI branded was my Nintendo Wii. If you have a Wii and you look at it, you'll see the ATI logos on the top of it because that's the graphics chip that powers it. Yep. And I'm for my collection anyway, that was the most recent purchase. Yeah, and when did they merge? When did AMD purchase ATI? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, it would have been shortly, I think, just before the Wii released, actually. Somewhere right around that time frame. Looking up on the... Uh, so, 2006, they acquired not, ATI. And I'm not sure what year did the Wii release. Do you know offhand? That had to be pretty close, 2006 or seven. I should have looked this up earlier. Uh, uh, 2006. 2006, yeah. Yeah, November I think 19th. that was their last partnership. They they got the contract with Nintendo, and they got the hardware and the console. Right. And then, then they got swooped in and snatched up and gone. Uh, they, they still focused as a uh, separate I, best identities, because even after the merger, they for a couple of years later, they still continued releasing ATI cards. They had AMD, the CPU, and ATI video cards. Then all of a sudden, at some point, they did one ah. logo. So, I guess I shouldn't have said gone then. Just the area that I am. I, just, I didn't see right. them in stores anymore. Right. And that was, for me, that was a little bit really before I got into Newegg and Amazon and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, I knew AMD was their their CPU uh, chip manufacturing and ATI they that they were focusing to try to compete to also compete with the Nvidia and Intel. Um so they I think that's what kind of crippled AMD for the better part of a decade. They tried to compete too thin. Yeah. yeah. Well, I my first card was a Diamond Viper 330 uh Quake nice. 2 player right here. Uh Unreal Tournament. Um yeah. those were my games uh and then UT 2004 eventually. Um but yeah, I I uh, and then Far Cry and I'm I'm so like old school on that stuff because I don't I don't keep up with all the I'm not an Overwatch player. Uh, what's a Fortnite? I'm not a Fortnite guy. I tried Fortnite on the on the console. That sucks. I don't I don't know about you guys, but I can't yeah, play FPSs on, on a console. Sucks. 
I don't know, Tim? One of my first cards was a diamond card. Uh, was it's ATI branded. And it's so old, it's probably hard for people to grasp today, but it had 512K, not even a full meg of RAM on it. And I remember uh, I didn't even know how to contact him, but the, the phone number was actually on the carton for the, the card. And I called Diamond up, and I, I ordered over the phone directly from the manufacturer. I ordered the other 512K, and it was two chips that came. There's two sockets on the card. You just lined up the pins and pushed it in, and I had a full one meg. It's like, holy cow, a one meg card. <laughs> and now you look at one meg, and you're like, can you even do anything with that? Can you even open a picture with one meg now? Right. It's crazy. Nice. No. That's crazy. No, that's <laughs> no, crazy. All. Probably not. I bet well, right. Let's can't uh, put a can't even put a photo on there. Right. No. Not many. Let's uh, let's talk about some of the other stuff that's going on. So uh, also in Back to the Cade at the box office, we uh, this and sad Mark's not here because we're in 1985. This is his wheelhouse, right? Released July 3rd in 85, Back to the Future had already been out for a month, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, produced by Steven Spielberg, of course. It was killing. It was killing. And Michael J. Fox is, of course, Marty McFly, who travels back in time from 85 to 55, where he meets his mom and tries to have sex with her and then ends up coming back uh, via Christopher Lloyd. Uh, so <laughs> there's all those details. But wait, on August 23rd, which is tomorrow, Michael J. Fox also stars in Teen Wolf. So he's in like two or three movies in the box office. I don't know if he's in three, but he's in at least two movies in the box office at the same time. This guy's like a big hit. So, of course, fantasy horror comedy directed by Rod Daniel. Film stars uh, Fox as a high school student who discovers that he and his family have an unusual pedigree. Uh, <laughs> woof, woof. And... Also, Better Off Dead, one of my all-time favorite movies, and my all-time favorite John Cusack movie. Uh, mm, I do like Gross Point Blank quite a bit, but uh, Better Off Dead, 1985 American dark teen romantic comedy about uh, this kid who falls in love with this, you know, is in love with this girl who dumps him, and then ends up falling with this uh, foreign exchange student. Uh, and he's uh, Cusack plays Lane Meyer. This is Lane Meyer, and uh, b- rebuilds a Camaro in this whole bit. You guys remember? It's your it's your movie. Also, did you know that t- uh, tomorrow in a 1985 Ghostbusters was re released in select markets um, because of its popularity the year before? So that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Uh, uh, I didn't uh, know they re released it either. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, Oh, what was on TV? Uh, CBS and NBC were competing. CBS had uh, Magnum PI on the eight o'clock hour and nine at nine o'clock, followed by Simon and Simon. Uh, NBC was competing with Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers, and Night Court. I mean, TV was so awesome back then. We had three channels, and they were everything was awesome. And CBS did try to release a new series called Hometown uh, on the twenty second which competed with Hill Street Blues for almost the same ratings. <clears throat> so, you know, do you guys have any 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 memories about those lovely shows? Uh, I, I have too many. Like, hello, <laughs> Magnum P.I., the mustache? What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Selleck was like the thing back then. Right, yeah. We lived... Uh... We lived right down the uh, road from the Magnum PI house in uh, Waimanalo when we were in Hawaii. That's <laughs> wow. kind of fun. Sweet. That's a that's a big big estate. 
Uh, the only show I watched yeah. out of all that was Night Court. I never really got into the other ones. That was the comedies oh, that they made. Bull. Magnum yeah, Bull. That guy was yeah. so good. Yeah, the show cracks me Bull. Oh, you are saying Bull, Troy? That's freaking Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the court Yeah. Uh, the guy. bailiff? Yeah, the bailiff. Yes. Well, and uh, what's his head? Uh, the star. What was his name? Harry Anderson? Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the, yeah. the character, right? Um, yeah. He was on Cheers uh, also. Richard Dean Anderson, I think, was his name. Richard Dean Anderson. He was a uh, MacGyver. But... Oh, wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> right. But uh, uh, that character who was the star of Nightcart was also on Cheers repeatedly. So Right. As Harry. He played a character called Harry, who was a pickpocket. Uh, yeah, that guy, that actor was hilarious. I wonder what ever happened to him. I don't, you know. I'm pretty sure he passed away. No. Uh, no. Yeah, I think he did. No. No. I was pretty young. Yeah, he, yeah, he'd be super young. I thought I read that. Uh, uh, who? I'm looking him up right now. Harry, Harry from Anderson. Night Court. He died in 2018. What yeah. the April. shit? Uh, are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Harry Anderson. Yep. I, I'm i depressed now. He was he was the judge. 65. That's super young. Holy crap. I almost forgot that John Laroquette was on that show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's what made it one of the things that made it hilarious. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember him in Stripes. Oh, to be a loofah. <laughs> <laughs> Stripes was awesome. Yep. God, Stripes was such a great show. Oh, well, normally this is where <laughs> Mark would also ask me, Hey, Adam. What's in the joke? So this is the part of the show. Oh, wait. Let me do it in a little Casey Kasem style here. Hello again, and welcome to What's in the Juke. My name is Adam, last name here, and we're about to play our bi-weekly game where our chatters name the tunes. Our selections come from the official Billboard survey of record stores and radio stations across America. We'll play a clip, clip, we'll play a clip of a song. The chatters will guess the name of the song and the artist for a full point. If they get one or the other, they get a half point. Let's kick it off with the first random selection. From the Hot 100 of the week of August 17th, a 1985. This is, and I gotta play these like I like I have them queued up, right? All right, here we go. Uh, Watch out, here I come. Come, 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 That's that's my clip. Is that good enough? Should I do it again? I, yeah, let's do it one more time. All right. Watch out, here I come. Oh, you spin me. Spin me round. So no one's actually round? got the name yet. But the but half a point? Mike Page got half a point for the artist. I mean, should I be a stickler? Half point. Uh, half point for Mr. Page and you spin me round, Randy Gelking. You're going to get that half, half point because you got it correct. You got the full name. It's it's a little nitpicky, but it is the beginning of the game. Uh, Tim, are you keeping track of these guys? I am. All right, so why you hear me click it? Sorry. Yeah, who we, who do we got? Ha- who's got the what now? Right now, 
Mike and Randy both have a half point. All right, so that's good. So everybody's ready for the next track. Uh, uh, boy, you know, I, I just uh, I'm not. I'm just. I'm not. I'm. I just, what the heck here? Uh, let's try this. Uh, I'm. You know, I just want to make sure I play the right clip. All right, here we go. You think that's going to do it? That's a tricky one. That's a tough one. Yeah. I, I'm going to play that again. That's tough. No. I might have to play a little more of that song because it's just that the first. I don't even is, know what it is and I couldn't get it off that. Yeah, here we go. We gotta be in. Oh, Andy guess Frankie goes to Hollywood. I like the guess. Uh, that's not who it is. Oh, Randy got it. Get, get it on uh, is correct. Bang a gong. Eighties tool. Right, exactly. Eighties <laughs> tool. Uh, and who is power station? Randy gets a full point. I think. Do you guys confirm? Yeah, it looks like. A... Does that look good? Yeah. I'm gonna give that guy a full point. Full point. Randy, welcome back. You're doing good. Andy, you got a contender. You got a contender tonight. The next track, uh, oh, I, I don't I don't even know if I have this song. Uh, I might actually skip this one and go on to the next one, and then we will we will do that um, next. Uh, so here we go. Uh, really? Okay. Next track is uh, you got to. You gotta be kidding me. Here we go. That's all I'm playing. Is it? Is that tough? Uh, no. If if you know the song, you, this is gonna be an easy one. Yeah. Shouldn't even have to hear the uh, lyrics for that one. Right. I know. It's it's. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hooters. <laughs> that is it. Hooters. It's not. Is it? And we danced. It is Anway Danced. Who got that? That was uh, Andy Baldwin. Yeah. I love the beginning of this song. Hell, I'm sitting here laughing. I didn't realize what song it was. What's that? What'd you say, Tim? I'm sitting here laughing at the Hooters. I'm like, I didn't even realize what song it was. <laughs> it was the actual band name. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever, buddy. I should have been reading. <laughs> Okay, all right. Here comes the the next track. This one might be a little tougher. It might be the first of our quote unquote hair bands of the night. Uh, we haven't had any of those, right? So uh, let's let's try this out. Here we go. I played like thirty seconds of that song. Nobody's gotten it yet. <laughs> wow, that blows my mind. All right, okay, I'm gonna play a little bit more, and then we're gonna let our guest uh, tell everybody what. Ooh, Andy oh, Baldwin yeah. pulls ACDC. He gets a half point. Oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Put them out of their misery. Who is it? Well, you got it right. ACDC. Yep. And it's Fly on the Wall. From the album Fly on the Wall. Or Fly on the Wall, yeah. Yeah. 
That's sweet. I, you know, it's hard. Sometimes, sometimes these are just not easy to get. So, who got the uh, half point? Half point. Andy Baldwin. That was Andy Baldwin. Oh, sweet. Good. So, so we, we. All right, Tim. Tell us, tell us who's got the, uh, tell us the point totals and who's, uh, who's in first, second, fifth place. Well, we got a tie for first. Uh, Randy Gilliking has a point and a half, and Andy Baldwin has a point and a half, and Mike Page is in third with a half point. Wow, that's good. Uh, so that that's uh, I'm creating my you, Wix site. You guys, uh, you're you're really close. Here we go. All right, here comes the next one. All right. I think that's enough. Ooh. Voice alone should give that away. I know, man. This I love this band so much. Copyright strike. strike. <laughs> <laughs> I like Andy, Andy Baldwin guess Wix commercial because he heard me playing the commercial. Yes. <laughs> you know, you, oh, Huey yet. Lewis is not, not okay. Half point. Oh, for Randy. Randy got, song. Randy got half point. Dude, that's good. Half point. And who's the artist? You guys can do this. Oh my gosh, Randy! Half Randy, you got both half points for a full point. That's pretty good. Let's play a little more of that track because I think it's awesome. It's We're totally getting flagged. I don't care. Okay, all right. The next. <laughs> right it's like what do you do you just you, sometimes you just have to listen to the music it's like, it's, it's so frustrating because we're not playing like the whole song we're just having a good time right uh oh, it's so good okay um i don't know what to do about this next track but let's uh uh let's try this <laughs> i mean i mean <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah. We buy T-shirts, by the way. If you guys buy T-shirts, I get like five bucks. We Here's, can we can give away one. more prizes. That's nice. John Cafferty's getting it. <laughs> no, not John Cafferty. Like Universal or Sony's getting it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and you know the the musicians never got any of those royalties. It was uh, all these the uh, recording studio. Right. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. <laughs> oh. Uh, here, I can, can you guys hear it coming in here? Early. That should be enough right there. Okay, I'll, right. I'll cut it off. What should I cut it off? Oh, there's the artist. <laughs> there's a half point. Andy got for half Andy. point. He Money got for point. muffing. <laughs> Let's give it to Andy. It gets a full point for that one. Full point. To Andy Baldwin for Dire Straits Money for Nothing. Uh, one of the possible, yeah, I know, it's such a good oh, video. Say, one of the best videos ever. Man, this right here is so good. Oh, man. Look at that. That's the way they do it. 
Yep. <laughs> they get the money. Such a good and song and video. For free. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good song. I that whole album is phenomenal. Really Mark Knopfler is like Knopfler's awesome. Oh God. Hey, you guys ever okay, this is a sidetrack, but you guys ever hear the Princess Bride soundtrack? Princess Bride? Oh, yeah. He does the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So good. The guy is so freaking talented. Okay. He's uh, got some great solo albums too. Yeah, uh, he does. Uh, okay, so okay, we did. You spin me round, right? Mm. Uh, yep. Get it on, Gang of Bong, uh, by Power Gang-a-bong. Station. That's what it's Bang a Gong. Sorry, Gang of Bong. Gang of Bong. Sorry, I don't live in Colorado, but hey, if I did, it'd be Gang of Bong. Uh, flying, <laughs> flying a wall. ACDC, uh, CITY by John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. And we danced by the Hooters, Money for Nothing, Dire Straits. Uh, and, and that brings us to, okay, first of all, Tim, give us an update. Uh, how are we looking on points? Let's see. Andy has two. He has two and a half. Randy has, Randall has two and a half. And Mike has half. So we have a tie We're right still now. tied. All right, okay, here we go. Here comes the next track. Woo! I that think that's enough. enough. That's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play it that again. A riff alone. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. <laughs> I'm gonna cry if nobody gets this. Molly right. Rue, Mike, Mike Page. Half, I'm gonna give Ryan G got half. I'm gonna give Mike the that one, even though he, he didn't. He missed the C. He he did get it. Um, and who who got the song? Smoking the Ryan, Ryan. G. Ryan G's Ryan on the board. G. Check that out. Half point. Like Page got a half and Ryan got a half. That's pretty half sweet. Point. We got some new players on the board. And the Relfords are still not in this. That's too bad because, you know, they would be poning everybody. But they're not. They're just not here. It's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, now we got, uh, yeah. I mean, the, 1985 was uh, a great year for music, wasn't it? I mean, oh, hair metal, man. Yeah, hair metal. I mean, but it was across the board. There was all these different bands. You had hair metal. You had uh, you had rock. You had pop, and everything in the Hot 100. It was just a total mix. I loved it. So you go to the arcade and you get a good variety. Okay, here comes the next track. But I think that's all I get. That's probably enough. Yeah. Should I do it again? This is probably one of my all-time favorite songs by this guy, person. Mellencamp, Randy is actually correct, uh, mostly. But I think, do we have to give it to Andy because he got John Cougar Mellencamp? Because it was, was he going by John Cougar He was going Mellencamp by John time? Cougar Mellencamp at the time. I think we have to give it to Andy, uh, the half point, right? He got the whole point. Oh, he gets the whole point. Yeah, I, he got both. On my screen. I'm going to say the whole point for Andy because he called out, John Cougar Mellencamp. And that is it. Because he started as John Cougar because the studio said, your name, Mellencamp, is dumb. You can't. They weren't wrong, but. <laughs> right? Uh, right? They're like, you can't have Mellencamp. That's just dumb. All right, let's play a little more of this song. They were right that it was dumb, but they were wrong because he still sold <laughs> music. He's, yep. he's a talented dude. Okay, let's listen to a little bit more of that. She calls me on 
night, lonely old night. So uh, the Andy Baldwin gets another full point, and uh, we are on to the next track. I think Andy's a little bit ahead of everybody right now. Am I not? He has a one-point lead right now. Oh, geez. Um, three and a half to two and a half, and we have three people tied with a half. All right. This this next one is going to be um, – I'm going to play them a little bit out of order. So if you guys are reading the show notes, you're going to be screwed. But, okay, here we go. Uh... <laughs> Is that enough? It wouldn't have been for me, but it should be. Such a great movie. <laughs> yeah, here comes the flood. Oh, Cindy Lauper, Randy Gelking. And who gets the name... The name of the track, Goonies Are Good Enough. Andy Baldwin pulls out the other half. So Andy gets a half point. Half point. And Randy gets a half point. It's the Andy and Randy show tonight. That's pretty sweet. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh, uh, and all right. Here we go. Yeah. Okay, here, here comes another one that may have... Uh, some sort of commercial. I switched to Geico and, and save millions. He switched to Geico and save millions. I hate, I hate, I hate it when I don't have the song and I have to do that crap. Okay, and I probably should just pull them up my Amazon account because I have like I, I subscribe to Amazon Music, so it's like, why can't I just do that, right? See how these guys do. I, I, it's pff. Randy. You, Geico, Gecko. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, Andy got half. Andy gets half. Not rat. In and out of love, Mr. Peabody. Who is gonna get the artist? Andy Baldwin. I'll play a little bit more. Oh, Mike Page Mike pulls Page. it out for the Bon Jovi. Nice, nice. Mike Page. Half, half point. point. And Andy Baldwin. Half point. Half point. Is that right? Am I on track yep. for that? It looks right. Sweet. Cool. All right, so we are we are almost at the end of the game. We are at the end of the game. Who's in the lead? What's what's it looking like? Um, let me do some math here real quick. All right. Got a I'm bunch sorry. of people got a bunch of different yeah, right? That's it. As we're as we're telling Andy Baldwin th- has four and a half. Okay. Randall Gelking has random up here. I'm kinda of slow tonight. Sorry guys. That's right. Three. He I've got him down for two halves and a whole one, so I've only got him down for for two. Okay. Um, did I miss? No, there's one. I missed another one. I got him down for three. I'm sorry. Sweet. So then Mike Page has two halves. He's got a whole point. No, he's got a point and a half. And then Ryan G's got a half point. So it goes Mike Page for third has place. A, yes. All right. Our Canadian guy has been winning like every freaking week. And then... Um, we have Randy back in the game, oh, uh, second place, and then Andy in first place. Yep. So that means Andy, you're taking home the NES satellite and a arcade radio coaster. Yeah. And here it is. It's tested and works. I know it works. And uh, it's also a four score. So if you like, you know NES games in four score, you get that. 
And then Randy, which color do you want? I'm gonna let you choose because you're second player. Do you want the white on black or the black on white? You let me know in the chat. And I'll send uh, Mike the other one. These are vinyl stickers. They go on your uh, your laptop, whatever. He's happy with the second, which is, what did I say? White on black? Black on white? Okay, so uh, you're gonna- He said that earlier. He said it was, I'm happy with second, second place. Sure, yeah, but which sticker do you want? Do you want white the- on black. black. White on black, okay. White on black. So you get this one, and then Mike, you're gonna get this one in the mail. Sweet. Dude, that was just crazy. That was a fun show. I mean, for like, what's in the juke? We did, we had a good time, right? That's some good songs in there. Yeah, okay. Awesome songs. Let's move on to the next uh, segment of the show. That was a nice gong there. And this is the part of the show where we welcome back Mr. Troy Cleland. Uh, you know, you, you have something to do with Extra Life, and you're sort of a gamer this guy. little thing. Yeah, this little thing, Extra Life. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's kick it off with that, actually, because I know it's coming up, and I know you want to talk about it. So uh, tell us what Extra Life is. Tell us how you got involved with that. And then we're going to kind of hit the Wayback Machine and ask you a few classic gaming questions. Sweet. Uh, so Extra Life is a gaming marathon uh, ran by gamers, supported by gamers um, for CMN hospitals. So CMN um, is Children's, Children's Miracle, Miracle Network? Network Hospitals, sweet, sweet. yes. So here in the Twin Cities, it's Gillette is the hospital that we support. So that's the one that I represent as the Twin Cities president. Awesome. Um, we basically, it was this year's November 2nd, so once every year, uh, there is a 24-hour marathon um, that we game for 24 hours, raising money for kids throughout, and they do it all over the country. Cool. So what kind of games do you play? You're talking about marathoning, so it's a 24-hour thing, right? Yeah. What's a marathon? <laughs> uh, some it's running. <laughs> Mine is this <laughs> playing games for a long time. Uh, so what? What? If, if, give us some examples of the types of games types. people play, and then how long they you know they play them for twenty four hours. And it's yep. basically like if you run a race, right? And you're yep. and you're doing the old back in the eighties. You would do like a cure for cancer, or whatever. People would say, "Hey, I'm I'm going." They go door to door. They say, "If I'm going to run this six this ten k, uh, for every mile, can you give me a dollar twenty five? So is that similar or what is it? Um, so it's pretty flexible. Um, mainly, uh, you it's up to the player. But basically, we play anything. Um, it's actually been opened up the board games now so it's not just video games we play board games pen and paper or whatever we actually play dodgeball once in a while at night just to get the blood flowing at one o'clock in the morning to get you out there going um but uh you know we have guys that play a 13 hour D D session during our marathon we got uh guys that go back to the old old nintendo and coleco visions and try to like play some classic games and play complete playthroughs on games um Dude, and people do challenges Tim, some people will say me, hey i need uh uh 25 dollar donation and i'll play this game through with no uh, try to do the, sweet, this challenge or sweet. whatever so um, let's just so. say for example i'm, I'm just yep. an example yep i'm tim mcveigh but i'm not yeah and i'm really good at nibbler but i'm not and uh 
and I want to do a 24-hour gaming session, which I could totally do because I'm totally awesome. And uh, and I say, hey, uh, I'm Tim McVeigh. If I marathon Nibbler, the arcade game, mm-hmm. for 24 hours, uh, will you give me $100? And you, you could ask totally that. do that. You could ask that of every single one of your donors or, yep. or 10 bucks Friends. or whatever it yep. is, right? Yep. And so at the end of his 24-hour session, if he's got 100 donors at 10 bucks, that's $1,000 for the Children's Miracle Network, which is Gillette's Children's Hospital here in Minneapolis. Yep, that is correct. That's pretty freaking cool. And I got cool. to say, like, uh, Gillette Children's is an amazing, amazing uh place to donate to just to just to remind our listeners brian is an orthopedic surgeon uh works in the alina system and uh others where else do you work uh mostly in the alina system but united abbott but i I actually as a medical student spent time at gillette and the physicians that are there are just you know top notch i mean they have one of the the best congenital hand surgeons in the country They, they just the work they do with kids is really amazing and the resources they put into it and the time they put into it, the research they've done, um, they really are an, an impressive hospital. Um, it's when I was in Hawaii training, the hand surgeon from Gillette visited and like not me personally, but visited the hospitals there to help with some of the congenital hand deformities that come up in the South Pacific that no one else could handle. So, I mean, that's, that's cool. how impressive the staff is here. So, Follow, okay, so we kind of understand how the money works, how how the marathon works. Yep. I'd like to I'd like to go back a little bit further and ask you, how'd you get involved? Uh, I've been doing this for eight years now. So this, is, this year is my eighth year, I think. If That's, I awesome. Correctly. That's awesome. That's um, awesome. Uh, and I had just started my new job at uh, the company I'm currently at that I've also been at for eight years. Um, somebody had talked about they were going to game for the weekend raising money and I was like what? What are you doing? <laughs> and they're like yeah we're going to game for 24 hours I'm raising money to help kids and I'm like how do I get involved because I'm going to game 24 hours this weekend anyway <laughs> why not make it a win-win situation well that's pretty sweet um, so I've been doing this I, run, I started running a team uh, at my work um, and participated for two or three years and then was asked to become the president of the Twin Cities chapter. I don't think it's uh, it's so. a sin for you to tell, tell people where you work, right? Where I work? No, probably not. I work at Nerdery. The Nerdery, which is a fantastic company, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they they are a staple here in Minneapolis for developers uh, and nerds that want to go to work in the tech industry. Uh, what do you do there right now? I am a cloud engineer. That is sweet, man. I, I, okay, first of all, I might have a little connection. I was there for a little bit as a uh, sort of a sales engineer position. But um, Trey, Trey helped me out because he was in IT. And now you are a, a cloud uh, platform engineer. engineer. That's pretty freaking awesome. Yep. I love it. Yep. I help uh, our company migrate and move to the cloud, our whole sweet. data center. So. That's super cool. I love it. Um, and so that's kind of how you got involved with Extra Life. Uh, yeah. w- what's been the most rewarding uh, 
piece of this. Like, okay, you, you guys are gaming 24 hours 7. Uh, you're getting some recognition for the work you're doing for these kids. Uh, have you met any of them? Uh, what's 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 it been like? What's what the rewards been like? Um, I would have to say the 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 most rewarding aspect is the kids. Like um, four years ago, four or five years ago, we were asked uh, by Gillette to host our first Gillette family. So um, had the family and uh, their daughter Lauren come. Um, <clears throat> she's been a lifelong Gillette patient. Um, she was eight, I think, at the time. Um, got to know her and her family, and uh, <clears throat> they were blown away by by just what we were doing and and uh, you know how we were doing it and how we treated them, and it made them like their daughter didn't feel any different than anybody else at that twenty four hour event. Um, and every year since, they have come to hang out during our twenty four hour marathon, even though they moved to Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. They fly up every year, hang cool. out with us and the other Gillette families that are there. Um, and last year, uh, Lauren, I think she was 12 at the time, she turned around and almost pulled off 24 hours. She was there for 22, uh, 21 or 22 hours last year. Wow. So um, it, it's that is seeing the looks on the kids' faces and getting an opportunity to sit down and play video games and feel like a normal kid um, and not you know, just enjoy those aspects it, that right there was awesome. So typically so. these are like board games, uh, D and D games, games, video PC games, uh, console games, right? Yep. Yep. What if you were able to get a couple of, uh, and I'm just throwing this out here, but what if you were able to get a couple of, uh, arcade games that people could marathon, like say for instance, uh, Centipede is a marathon game. Defender is a marathon game. What if we could get like and Tim? What if what if we could get Tim up there? Uh, like RK Radio could sponsor getting Tim up here, and then he could actually earn money for Extra Life. And I'm just saying, maybe not this year, but maybe the next this year. Spitballing. I'm spitballing here, right? <laughs> but what if what, wouldn't it be cool if you had like a row of like four arcade games and you had like three professionals? Standing up here, uh, playing these games in a marathon fashion. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, we had had a couple years. We had the original uh, hockey. Mm-hmm. The old, almost looked like Pong. Sure, sure. Absolutely. The, the, the hockey game. Yeah, yeah. That was the cabinet. The original, like 1970, what, a 70? Billy Seven, who uh, Brian mentioned earlier, has one of those guys. Yeah, we had one at one of our events. Um, one of the coworkers that used to work there had one and brought it in and Sweet. played it. And then we had Street Fighter Championship oh. Edition. And even there. if you suck at the game, right, you could just keep playing it till you fall. It was so feet. much fun. So, yeah, those kinds of things. We've always tried to get a video game or, you know, cabinet old arcade games there. Um, it's just logistically it was difficult. Um, and knowing enough people that was willing to help ship them or get them delivered and set up and, yeah, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah, cause we've done, we've done foosball tournaments where every dollar somebody plays, pays a dollar to play this person. And, uh, if they win, all of the proceeds went to their, their donation or whatever. It was that kind of fun activities. So, all right. All right. So we're going to, we're going to back away from extra life just a little bit. Yep. Uh, I want to go back in time 
to uh, you know Troy Cleland's uh, like what what drove this guy to to become a gamer, and so uh, Tim uh, and Brian start thinking some questions. But my first question is, uh, what was the initial game that got you hooked on video games? As uh, as far back as you can go, and tell me the story of of what made you fall in love with that. Uh, so my parents bought me a Commodore 64. All of the all of the uh, accessories I had the the tape drive, the floppy drive, everything I had all of this, all of the monitor, the whole works. Um, and uh, I started playing the Dungeons and Dragons video games. The Pool of Radiance and the Champions of Kryn and those things. Um, that was my first video game system that I owned, um, and that I was hooked ever since. Um, I played on my buddies in television and played the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons on Intellivision, uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Um, but I keep going back to the one gaming system that I played so much was, you know, the Commodore Sixty Four playing the Dragon Dungeons and Dragons games. Forgotten Realms and and stuff that and Dragonlance like that was just my thing. That's what got me hooked, and it's uh, history since. I can't get away from them. You still? Do you ever go <laughs> you, back you and meant- play those old games? I don't have uh, Commodore sixty four. I've looked at getting some of the uh, Commodore. I looked at the when they remade the Commodore Retro machine, right. but they didn't have any of the games that I played on my Commodore sixty four. They had all. I'm like, oh, I didn't play any of these. You could probably mod it and put some ROMs on it, I would expect. But, I mean, I don't know that for a fact. Right. I was looking at maybe getting one of those myself. I wanted the Commodore uh, 128 when that came out. Um, But, man, you think about it. People blow their mind if you think about They complain that we spend, you know, five, six hundred bucks on a a console um, today. And the Commodore 64 was like $3,500, right? I mean, that was was what we had. Yeah. so, but SSI, they made some amazing role-playing games and strategy games back in the day. Like they were the game launching company, you know, they were the publisher for so many games that influenced me playing games. So as a PC gamer, that's what I find really funny today. You know, somebody, you tell me you got a $2,000 computer today and they're like, oh my God, you spent $2,000 on a computer. You could have got a console way cheaper. And I just keep thinking, 2000 is not that much compared to, to where the old, you know, PCs. I don't know if I really call them PCs, but, you know, Commodores, Tandys, the stuff back in the day with, the Apple with all these extra. Yeah, <laughs> I, they're, they're personal computers, but most people, I guess, probably don't call them PCs specifically. But to me, they are, you know, the, the early computers. And like you just said, $3,500, people today would go, are you crazy? <laughs> but, yeah, that was cool stuff. I had a friend that had all that set up. He had the cassette drive and everything. Yep. Um, some of those load times were pretty painful. I don't ever want yes, to hear they they about modern load times after that, you know? <laughs> and then I actually upgraded to the 9600 baud modem so I could play online with the with the bulletin boards and yep. uh, do do uh, uh, MUDs. <laughs> I ran a bulletin board for a while. That, that was a lot of fun. And my first modem was a 14.4, so I started out just a little bit after that. But, yeah, I put uh, most yeah. people today are baud. What's baud? <laughs> you know, no. it's, it's we were just reminiscing about that with my mom 
she was talking to somebody. It says, I, I had the longest time when you when we first got call waiting, right? Do you remember when call waiting came out yep. on the phone? And yep. uh, my mom's like, I was waiting for this phone call. And she's like, I come out in the living room. like, the phone hasn't rang. Like, what's going on? I'm waiting for this phone call. And she goes, I happened to see Troy sitting there. And like, why can't I get a phone call? I'm like, well, I'm online, mom. And she's like, well, yeah, but I got call waiting. I'm like, yeah, star whatever cancels call waiting. <laughs> I had this whole thing from Radio Shack. You plugged it in line. And I don't remember what the hell it was called, but it would keep it from, you know, knocking you offline if a call came. That's all we had, just some little add-in device. And, yeah, I never told my mom about it. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't know about it either until uh, she was waiting for a very specific phone call and never got it. Couldn't figure out why. (laughs) So, All right, so let's talk a little bit of art. So that's kind of cool. Way, way, way back. And, and the the modem technology. Uh, my first modem was a actually a thirty three six Boca modem. Um, nice. But my first modem that I used most of was a ninety six hundred baud modem at work because I was an admin assistant and I had access to a computer and I did all this work for people uh, within the company. So that was super fun. But let's let's shift gears. Uh, what's your Earliest arcade memory, Troy. Minnesota State Fair. And that's what year? early, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when. Uh, I was probably uh, 12, thir- maybe thir- around 13, so that would have been early, uh, early mid-80s. Probably 83, 84, something like that. And what games what do you game? remember? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was the game we were talking about, Adam? What was what was that game? Oh, okay. We were talking about Gauntlet um, earlier no, on the, the one at the State Fair. Remember, I was like the big flight right. one that I played. So the funny thing is, is now I'm going to have to look it up here because um, you and I were talking about it, and I know the guy, the guy that took that game off of the State Fairgrounds, um, right. He was on our show in the first season. Uh, Joe Lease, right? Um, but Galaxy Force by Sega. It's this big machine with like chrome, big chrome bars and a giant monitor. And it was like an environmental machine. It was like a space shooter. Wow. Yes, yeah. that and, was right. Yeah, and he sold it to some guy in Europe for like a few grand. I bet the shipping costs more now. Well, the guy played for the shipping too. Paid for everything. Wow. I mean, I play. I spent every day for two weeks of the state fair for like two years there because my dad worked at uh, like hosted stuff for dog shows, and this was the game that caught me. I I bet you I spent easily fifty to a hundred dollars in this game just playing this game because it was like nothing else I've ever experienced. It had full motion. It could move like. It, it, you felt like you were flying a ship, and that thing shook, shook around and jerked all over, and it was awesome. So, uh, were there any other games like that in the arcades that you loved, or was was that sort of like the pinnacle? That was, I mean, when I started getting into, once I fell in love with that, I think Afterburner was like the, it didn't do the full mo- movement, but it had the same thrill with the screen and kind of it shook a little bit when you'd have things going off if you had the full sit down cabinet later um and then yeah that and that did, would uh, rock back and forth and yeah. side to side and so then, that was pretty uh, cool what was it Superbike? 
right? Oh. That was the road racing bike one mm-hmm. where you got to sit on the bike and ride. I, so those, Super Hang On, wasn't it? Super, Super Hang On, yeah. Super Hang On, right? Those are the those are the ones like the ones you actually getting like you got into. You could feel. You felt like you're riding a motorcycle. Felt like you're flying a a plane. Um, those yeah. are the games I really got engrossed into. Chatters, so, uh, tell us your favorite environmental game. Uh, Tron, you know, environmental discs of Tron. Was it a cockpit game? Was it, um, you know, tell us about your your games here in the chat too. Um, so Troy, what's your earliest earliest arcade experience you can remember going back? <clears throat> Probably in the mid seventies when my parents used to bring me to the local bowling alley in the town that I we grew up in. Um, <clears throat> I would play pinball. That was the closest like arcade experience that I would have playing pinball. So either at the state fair or an arcade in your area. Um, so you go into the arcade and you got money in your pocket. You get right. down to that last shiny quarter. What are you putting it in? Uh, it would probably be um, Gauntlet. Cool. Like uh, I was an RPGer. I loved RPG games, and that just was the game that I enjoyed. Oh, wizard needs food badly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> elf shot the food. Elf shot the food. Goddamn motherfucker! Damn <laughs> <laughs> Always that elf. Valkyrie's a bitch. Here we go. Valkyrie's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I threw out a bunch of f words and shit. And I've and been playing it. I've been playing on my PS4. <laughs> they relaunched it for PlayStation. Uh, it's like an enhanced sure. version of a Gauntlet, but I've yeah, been playing it. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's fun. I got yeah. it on the. I got it on Steam. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, I have a PS2 version of it, and I also have. Did you guys ever play the NES versions of Gauntlet? By the way, no, I didn't. I had the Genesis version. That's the man. That was a lot of fun. They did a really good job on that. Genesis is good, but the first NES version, you could only play two of the characters. It sucked. <laughs> I don't think I played that version. And then they played like that. I, I hear th- resentment. I think, yeah, you may, you may be. I think uh, the second um, version, Gauntlet Two, you could play four score, if I'm not mistaken. Well, Gauntlet Two, you could change the character you were playing. Okay, I didn't play that one. Yeah, I didn't play Gauntlet. Uh, I, I can't say I didn't. I, I might have played briefly, but. Um... I don't remember it as much as I remember the original Gauntlet. So, yeah, me and my buddy Chris Long on the the Genesis, we just I got it for Christmas one year, and the girlfriend did the the box in the box in the box in the box with the bricks in the bottom, and it took forever to open. And it's like, oh, I was getting pissed by the time I got it open. And then when I got it open, I was like, oh, I got Gauntlet. And I was all happy. I forgot about all the rest <laughs> of that shit. And I just loved it. Oh, look at that! Look at that! There we go. That's what right? we're talking about. Oh my God! What's happening here? He's we're showing the logos. board. We're getting a little He's showing porn. gauntlet He's showing porn. Yeah, right there. <laughs> some arcade porn. porn. Video game arcade porn there, man. Definitely. So, uh, so this this panel. The funny thing about this was, I, I was at an auction where I ended up with this, and it's it's brand new. It looks <laughs> it's perfect. In a refill panel. And what? it's uh, the team molding is perfect. Everything is perfect. So I had a cabinet made for it. <laughs> Nice. I didn't know what else to do with it. Uh, I, I didn't know what else to do with it. I just built a castle around my house. Yeah, right. you know. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you, you have this. <laughs> well, hell yeah. 
You gotta uh, do it. Crap. You gotta put it to use. Can't just sit there in the corner. The logo so, sticks on have never been you. That's the awesome part. Wow. Uh, jealous. Your earliest Very console jealous. experience at home. What was it, Troy? Sega. Sega Genesis. Yep. Really? Sega. Sega. Okay, was so your favorite Sega, Sega Genesis game? Don't say Colin. I'll have to kick you in the nuts. Nope, 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 nope. Probably uh, Madden 95 mm. and oh. uh, Sonic. You're killing me. Madden on a Genesis. I had to, It had to be the Montana. <laughs> I love the Joe Montana football on that. I, 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 jumped in, I jumped into Madden and I never looked back until like, I don't know, by six years ago I stopped buying Madden. But otherwise I played every year. I even ran a leagues <sighs> for Madden for the longest time. I will, I'll have to tell you a little secret. Uh, a few years back, probably 10 years ago, I registered a domain called smashmadden.com. <laughs> and, and it was, my intent was to do YouTube videos of me crushing Madden video games because they suck and like every single every single year like you go you go to like a, a classic gaming place and you're gonna buy games and all you see is like these madden games that everybody's gotten rid of because the new one's out nobody wants yeah. the old one so i'm like smash madden i'm gonna have a i'm gonna have a like i'm gonna run like i'm gonna have an episode where i run it over with a car like 18 20 times i'm gonna have a go through the lawnmower i'm gonna have like it doesn't matter what. Some sort of like a, a document shredder. It's, it's, something is going to cause death to these mad You're just going to go office space on it. I know, is exactly. The Alamogordo landfill, isn't that where the cartridges <laughs> go to die? <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I was so upset. But, you know, such is life. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> what? Excuse me. I'm just going to pass out here real quick. <laughs> All right. So we, we got a little bit of your uh, of your background in uh, what, what you know, your, your earliest memories of the arcade. Uh, we got your, you know, gaunt, you love Gauntlet, you know, Galaxy Force, Sega. What drove you? Okay. So let's talk. Obviously, PC gaming is your thing, right? PC and console, back right. and forth between the both. PC and console. Okay, so let's talk briefly about those. Uh, give me your top three PC games and your top three console games, if you can think of them right now. Um, top, well, Path of Exile, probably on PC. Okay. Uh, I, I really like that. Uh, give um, us a brief description, because I don't know what, anything about this game. Okay, so Path of Exile is a Diablo 2-esque Oh, that's the one game. you were talking about earlier. Sweet. Yeah, it's Sweet. it's for those that like Diablo 2, it is that except on steroids. Um, just for the simple fact that it's it's uh, uh, skills tree Sweet. is like the size of the universe galaxy stars. Like there's just so many paths that you can go down. Right, right. Um, so um, I, I have fun playing that right now. I'm currently playing. Uh, I'm, I enjoy playing PUBG. I'm not good at it, but I enjoy playing it. Um. PC gaming, man. Uh, I'd have to say number one of all time, and it will always be, is EverQuest. Oh, really? That's interesting to me. EverQuest of all time. Wow. I, it's, I played six years. I had six accounts. I four boxed. Oh, my God. Does that, does that game still exist, by the way? Yes. 
Yes, it does. They, it's they still have, on Steam. Yep. They still have people playing. They have active servers. My characters are still... I log in once in a while, check my characters are still where I left them. Let me just say, interject here. EverQuest was really a game changer. And I'm not, that's a... I hate that. I hate that term. But let, let's, let's talk about that briefly because literally people have got... That was one of the first games where people were like getting married out of the game. And addicted. Like right. it, it was, there was a level of addiction to this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it was. I think it was revolutionary for its time. Sure, it absolutely. A, I totally kind agree. Of a living R- MMORPG. Nobody had experienced anything. I mean, Ultima Online and those kinds of games existed um, before this or around that same time. But they took it to the next level. It was. It just was something that I had never experienced before. Um, and to be honest, it's something that I haven't experienced since. Right. It's a, it's a, a phenomenon. So what was the other one you were just about to mention before I rudely interrupt? Oh, I wasn't going to, that was, I was going to continue okay, talking okay. about EverQuest, but. <laughs> something you said that made me smile was, uh, when you talked about PUBG, you said you're not very good at it, but you have fun at it. And I think that's something a lot of the, the modern gamers have lost. You know, some of the people that want to do the streaming and they want to become YouTube stars and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the esports players, they've turned it into a job, which is great if you can make money off of it. But I, you, you get in, you read some of the forums, and you, you see some of the, the complaints and, you know, the, just people that don't seem happy sometimes. I think they've forgotten what games are for, and that's to have fun, you know? Right. I, I can. I was in a group on the Xbox 360 about 10 years ago. We had this really good group of friends, and I sucked. We played Call of Duty. (laughs) My job was, if it's in the air, bring it down, because they knew my KD ratio sucked. But it was fun. It was was a group of guys that enjoyed talking together. We worked as a unit, and it was just a lot of fun. You didn't have to be really good at it to have a really good time and enjoy what you were doing. And I wish more people could experience that and get back to that instead of – so competitive, they lose the fun aspect. Well, let's talk you about. Know, it was pe- really funny to go ahead. It's really ahead. funny to me is that uh, um, the fighting game community, which is kind of part of the esports community, mm-hmm. one of the things that really fascinated me about that community is they really do hold on to that. Um, they enjoy the game for the game, and it's one of the things that I never expected to encounter there. Like they will embrace people who are terrible at these games. And teach them and work with them and kind of coach them through it and like help them out. And you got guys that will fly to tournaments to go 0 and 2, get bumped out of a tournament just to go to the tournament and enjoy the tournament. The the camaraderie. Yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, and you're right, Tim, because like all these YouTube streamers and these other guys, it's so focused on on being the best. And if you're not the best, you know, it's like, what? Why are you doing it? And it was one of these things I did not expect to find in the fighting game community. It was actually a very fun aspect of that that was surprising and and kind of inspiring to be honest my first my first uh experience with that was when Dwayne and i were playing nibbler at magfest the the atmosphere in the room the the crowd that gathered because street fighter 4 was just about to be released they had like i think they had the pre-release version there or something and it it had a huge crowd and even though i couldn't watch it participate in it because i was kind of tied to a, a cab at the time listening to it just hearing the reaction of everybody that was watching it, and it's like, wow, there's there's something really going on over there. I want to check this out when I get a chance. And the fighting scene, yeah, that's a cool thing. Evo and all the stuff that they do. Those guys, they 
fight tooth and nail, but they have fun. And they're, yep. it's like a group of brothers when they, when it's over with, they're all friends and stuff. And I mean, not everybody, but for the most part, those guys actually yep. have fun and they love the game. And I love seeing that. Totally. Right. Yep. Sorry to council. get sidetracked there. So my council games. Yeah. Um, I enjoy um, Division. The Division series is pretty decent. Um, but the Dragon Age series has been one of my favorite uh, council games. And if we go PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, probably um, uh, The Last of Us is probably oh, my number that's, one that's game PS3. of all time. Yeah. That game is freaking awesome. I'm going to ask you. That game is by far... I've never had a game that made me emotionally just <laughs> fall apart cheer be happy in a game like that game was like playing a movie all right so that's more modern console ps3 i would call call more modern console right let's go back and i'm gonna i'm gonna say a console name sure and you tell me the game that you love the best okay okay so uh let's start with nes Mario brothers snes Oh, it's a that's tough harder. Uh, it's probably Super Mario Brothers. Like the Super, Super Mario, Mario World? World? World, yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. There we go. I All didn't right. own one. I played on my stepbrothers. So sure, yeah. If and I that's... mess these up, I don't remember. Correct me. Totally cool. PS One. Oh man, I played a ton of games on PS One, uh, but I probably played the most of Madden. Really? Oh. See, yeah. me it was too. I mean, I played Sonic, but I played Madden a, a to... lot. To me, like it was Toshinden Two, um, and and Ridge Racer. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go back further. I'm gonna go okay. back into your. Did you ever play one of the Pong uh, prototypes or not prototypes? One of the Pong games from either Telstar or Sears Atari, or the Atari. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, what would you say is your favorite game? Oof, it's a tough one. Yes. <laughs> Boom. And, uh, and by the way, Brian and, and Tim, you got to think of this too. Uh, I just answered Kaboom. Kaboom. Okay, cool. Yeah. Did they, didn't they no have contest. A, didn't they have a track and field on the 26th? Oh, not the 26th center, they did not. It was not too much later. Okay. Yeah, I don't All remember right. having one on there. Yeah. Yeah, Kaboom was the game for me on there. speed. That game was insane. I, can't, I cannot, for the life of me, remember any games that I played on or other than Pong. Like, or Combat, or, you know. I still love playing combat. Combat is such <laughs> a great game. Combats. Remember Gunfighter? Oh, like, is a mis- yeah. missile missile defense? Or Gunslinger? I know that was an arcade game, but didn't they have Missile Defender or something like that on the Atari? Missile, missile Command. Command. Missile Command? Yep, yep. 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 So I remember was, playing that on the Atari 2600. Sure, and I would I, agree that's probably one of the best games ever made for the Atari 2600. Is the Asteroids. Asteroids was great. Game. Asteroids was literally... Okay, so... In, the game, the system came out in, what, 77, right? Six or seven, yes. Yeah, yeah. and Asteroid didn't come out until 80. So three years later, this this game hits, and the 2600 is suddenly, like, relevant. 
Right. Because um, it was an arcade game. Right. I, it was. I think that's what really pushed it. It sold a ton, a ton of games. Like I remember the utter disappointment people had when Pac-Man came out, though. They were so excited for that. Well, it's just like you say that, and I totally get that. And it was, and it's also listed as one of the best-selling games of all time because they, I they, know, they marketed they, it with all the systems. They sold it with all the systems, so they could count it as sold, right? But, right. but I, I still love that stupid game. I mean, it's so. It's I, not. It's not. I never. I couldn't get into it. Oh, but on, but on, but on, but on, but on, but on, whoop, 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 whoop. I mean, it's like so <laughs> terrible, and I love it. I remember being so disappointed in Joust, like wanting to play yes. it so badly, <laughs> yes. on there being like, "This is terrible." Which is Controls actually were terrible. You know, Joust. Well, on the, they had Space Invaders, and they and they had asteroids, and they nailed those. And Missile Command was pretty good. Yeah, you know, and, and then then those weren't. Yeah, it's like oh, no, yeah, crap. But do? Joust on the uh, NES was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very I good. mean, like we didn't, and that I think that we talk about this quite often. But like as collectors of arcade games, Brian and, and myself and Mark and and the core audience, we probably all sought to have the best arcade uh you know ports as possible on all these platforms right. and we were we were we, you know always collecting them always like okay uh there's a midway collection on ps1 and ps2 and ps3 and i'm going to buy all of them because why not uh and some are better than others and then you have hydro thunder and you have all these games you can't play um and Robotron and Tempest, and you buy them over and over and over and over again. Um, and Brian's going to leave us because uh, he's got to go. But uh, uh, thanks for being on the show. And, and we'll catch up with you, Brian. Um, but my point is is that uh, we had all these console games that were supposed to emulate these arcade games. And, and now we're collecting just the arcade games because those are the things we really wanted. Pitfall is another it. one. I was looking at a list for Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Oh, yeah. I probably played a ton of Pitfall. Oh, Pitfall! I see it listed, and I know it sold really well, but I just—I don't know. I never—it was kind of boring to me. It is the first real platformer. Yeah, just—I yeah. don't know. It didn't trip yeah. my trigger, I guess. Yeah, and I think—I think the only way it tripped your trigger is if you spent the three, four hours it takes to beat the game. I mean, you know. Right. What I mean? And Tim, I know you got patience. I know. <laughs> A little bit sometimes. I mean, I never had it for that game. Though. I don't know. It's just it was too too repetitive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not fast enough. Sure. Uh, maybe it was part of the problem for me, which is why I said kaboom. Just as soon as you said twenty six hundred, I said kaboom. You know, the, the yeah. sheer speed, the fast games were the ones that really hooked me. And Mr. P and Mr. Peabody in the chat also agrees with us on Pitfall. That's pretty cool. Right. All right. So we had uh, NES. We have twenty six hundred. We have uh, PS one. Uh, Genesis, we've already kind of talked about that. Oh. Um, what about Dreamcast and uh, GameCube? Any any favorites there? Um, pro- on GameCube probably would be uh, the Zelda games. Sure. The Zelda game that was on the Dreamcast. Four Swords. Yeah, and then was it, what's the, was yeah. it Breath, of, Breath of the Wild? Yeah. And no, is that um, way? That came later. No, not Breath of, there was one that's on the the, uh, Twilight something. Yeah. Wait, you said Zelda on the Dreamcast? Not the Dream, not the Dreamcast, the GameCube. Sorry. GameCube. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I was sitting here for a minute, going, "What? No. Wait, did I miss that? <laughs> How did that?" I was happen? typing Dreamcast in chat and thinking 
Twilight Princess. Uh, what about Luigi's Mansion? Uh, Miss mm, Chris, no. Chris, Chris Peabody brought that. I really, actually, lost, I, I really lost a lot of interest in Mario the minute I started playing Sega. Well, but you know like, it's the, Luigi's Mansion's awesome, and actually they made two arcade games off of that thing. Sega does what Nintendo. Oh. Now, this, the funny thing is, is <laughs> so this this will be full circle. You talking about Luigi's Mansion? My grandson plays Luigi Mansion on his uh, little uh, <laughs> Game Boy or whatever, sure, DS, sure. Or whatever, right? Nice. So <laughs> I can't play a Game Boy without readers now. That's how bad I. This <laughs> is so stupid. I feel like I'm a hundred years old. I can't can't do anything. Uh, okay, so we have a couple. Uh, any chat chatters? I have any questions for this gentleman in the in the chat? Otherwise, I want to I want to have you talk about uh, when is Extra Life this year? Uh, how how can people get involved? Sure. Um, this year's November second. Usually, always happens the first Saturday of November or the last Saturday of October every year. So okay. it's always right around that same time. Sweet. Um, and that's the national event. It's sure technically starts like mid January. You can start fundraising all year long. Uh, we've done a bunch of fundraisers through, uh, the adventure league, D and D adventure league through in the twin cities. So, um, people can be creating donations and doing stuff now if they want to, um, to sign up, you would go to, uh, org and cool. register yourself there. Choose the hospital that you want to raise money for. Um, it could be, you know, the local one to your town or some a hospital that helped a family member or somebody that's close to you. Um, and a hundred percent of those proceeds that you raise goes to that hospital of your choice. Sweet. Nice. I, I love this charity. Uh, I've been wanting to have you on for a while and I think it's great that you're here uh, to talk about this. I hope we can get some old school arcade gamers involved with, you know, sit in front of an arcade game for 24 hours. I suck, at, awesome. I suck at Donkey Kong. So maybe maybe it's not just one person. Maybe you get a team, right? I have yeah. uh, five guys. You can. We're going to play Donkey Kong. We're going to take it in shifts. And we're going to raise $1,000 for kids. And then just put it in perspective, I have friends of mine that can't do 24 hours, uh, yeah. whether it's health or family sure. um, reasons. They just choose weekends. Like I got a bunch of friends that do their D&D group and they play one Saturday of every month and they just use their D&D group as their charity fundraiser event every weekend all the way through the year to raise money. That is so it doesn't have awesome. to be a 24-hour event. It can be flexible to how you fits uh, your lifestyle and capability. I got two buddies that do uh, that host D&D every week. I should get you hooked up with them because I think I play twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sweet. I mean, I love it. I love That's pretty sweet. I love it. Okay. So, uh, all right, let's think of a, a good last question and hang with us after the show a little bit because we want to kind of wind down with you a little bit. Uh, but, uh, let's think of one last question. My chatters, uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 comes out October 31st. That's pretty sweet. Nice. Uh, smoking in the boys' room, Motley Crue. Casey, Casey's just, just caught up to late. what's in the chicken. by that much. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, Casey, much. you're not getting any stickers tonight. I love you. Um, but anyway, um, if you had any parting words as a gamer uh, for our guests, uh what would they be? What would it be like? Um, is it is it is it uh, is it sort of um, like uh, 
stick with it, something simple, or is it is there a real purpose in getting behind a, a something like Extra Life, for example? Um, I think it's it's the same philosophy I do with just about anything I do in life. Um, I guess we're a, we're one big community, whether it's my gaming community, the people I work with, um, and my neighbors, this you know the city I live in. We're a community. We only become better as a community as we share uh, our experiences and teach and help each other. Um, so that's why Extra Life is so important to me that it helps me knowing that I'm helping my community in one way. But then in the gaming community, the, the gamers have been the biggest giving community I've ever been part of for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's have fun. Do what you love doing. Don't let anybody stop you. And just share your knowledge because you never know somebody else out there has the same interest as is scared to ask. I, lo- I love that. Sure. I think it's great. Tim, do you have any parting questions for us? Uh, I have kind of a, it's, I guess it's my standard one I kind of ask. Um, I want to do it in three parts. Awesome. Sure. Desert Island. Okay, cool. One, cool. one video game. Any system, evolve, whatever you want. Just one game, one game only. Oh, boy. Um, so hard. I hate this question. Yes. I just want to kick people in the nuts who ask me this question. You're going to want to kick me in the nuts three times soon. If I'm on a deserted island or a desert, uh, one game and one gaming system, I would probably bring The Last of Us on the PS3 or PS4. Nice. Okay. Okay, that was part A. Uh, Part B, what movie? One movie. Interesting. Um, Man, that's so hard. (laughs) <laughs> I have so many that I like. Uh, but if there's one movie I could watch over and over and over again, I would probably say Braveheart. Really? Nice. Good choice. Really? And part C, the final part, what record album, uh, cassette, whatever format you wanted, but what artist, what album would you choose? ACDC, Back in Black. No. Good choice. Such I a like good, it. No hesitation. Such a good album. Solid choice. I have 69 ACDC albums. <laughs> I, uh, they are my favorite band. I used oh. to roadie for a ACDC tribute band for two years, oh. so nice. this I've lived the dream. Oh, it's freaking awesome, man. <laughs> All right. This is where we do a little bit of sign-off for the arcade radio show. And, uh, well, you know, my, my music's not as good as ACDC, but what the hell. So, uh, thanks for everybody for listening in, because... This has been a great show. Uh, this has been the Double R's Arcade Radio. Like us on Facebook. Uh, you know, and give us some good ratings on the iTunes podcast channel and whatnot. You can even call into this, the game line at 612-548-GAME. You can follow us on Twitter uh, for our latest shenanigans. And subscri- you can subscribe to this YouTube channel. So hit that little bell and you'll know whenever we're on. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. But for now, that's going to be it from the show. Uh, This is Arcade Radio. We hope you had a great time, and we'll see you on the next show.
They're mean. Those guys are mean. I don't know why they always, they're always doing that to us. I don't get it. 